So if the common enemy is that fixed mindset, then the flip side, you know, just like the superpower and the fatal flaw, the flip side of the common enemy is the driving force. It's what you fight for, right? So, you know, just like Spider-Man fights to save New York or Batman fights to save Gotham or Google fights to index and categorize all the world's information, I want to find out what it is that you're fighting for in your business. Maybe as you are moving into this transition and the new people you're working with, what is your new mission? Mm, great question. And I believe it's the power of curiosity, passion, and purpose. I think if people were more curious, it would create more passion in the world. And then more people would be living their life on purpose. And so I think that's a really important starting point is, what are you curious about? What do you want to learn more about? What intrigues you? Because if you can find that thing, then you can step into it and suddenly it's developing a passion. And the passion then wants you to learn more about it and it wants you to master it. And so you're then learning and creating passion and mastery as the same thing, which I then think will really lead people to stepping into this world with a purpose. And so I heard the other day a statement called the most transformative purpose. And I love the idea that there is a purpose out there, which is your most transformative purpose, because that's all about change, transition, learning, growth, and it's a journey. Heroes are an inspiring group of people. Every one of them from the larger than life comic book heroes you see on the big silver screen, the everyday heroes that let us live the privileged lives we do. Every hero has a story to tell. From the doctor saving lives at your local hospital, to the war veteran down the street who risked his life for our freedom, to the police officers and the firefighters who risk their safety to ensure ours. Every hero is special and every story worth telling. But there is one class of heroes that I think is often ignored. The entrepreneur, the creator, the producer, the ones who look at the problems in this world and think to themselves, you know what? I can fix that. I can help people. I can make a difference. Then they go out and do exactly that by creating a new product or introducing a new service. Some go on to change the world. Others make a world of difference to their customers. Welcome to The Hero Show. Join us as we pull back the masks on the world's finest heropreneurs and learn the secrets to their powers, their success, and their influence. So you can use those secrets to attract more sales, make more money, and experience more freedom in your business. I'm your host, Richard Matthews, and we are on in three, two, one. Hello and welcome back to The Hero Show. My name is Richard Matthews, and today I have the pleasure of having on the line Tony Everett. Tony, are you there? I am, yes. Awesome. Glad to have you here. I know before we were get started here, you were telling me you're in Orange County, California, starting to warm up here. We're visiting this part of the country for seeing family this time of the year, and it is roasty toasty. I'm actually like sweating, so <laughs> which it is, is fun for the wintertime. Yes. Yeah. California winter for you. You can still sweat in January. <laughs> so what I want to do before we get too far into the interview is just do a brief introduction of who you are, and then we'll dive in and talk a little bit about your story. So Tony, you are the founder of My Personal Best Coaching, where you are working on inspiring individuals to discover their purpose, ignite their passion, and unlock their limitless potential. So what I want to do before we get too far into the interview is let's talk about what you're known for. It sets up who you are now, what your business is like, who do you serve, what do you do for them? For sure. Yeah. So it's really about individuals who are struggling and confused, lost with a lack of direction and purpose. I've been mainly working with athletes in that world. And the athletes are the athletes who are coming to the end of their career and not knowing what comes next. But I found with working with athletes that it's a bigger issue as well, just in the business world, where people are not liking their jobs, not liking their careers, and they don't know where to go and what to do next. And so what I'm really looking to do is 
plug them back into that youthful passion that they used to have, the thing that they love to do, the thing that just lit them up, and plug them back into that and then get them to take that into the world. So they've got a little bit more life and energy and joy for, for the world around them. Yeah, I know that's pretty common in the business world after a sale of a business too. Like when if you spent, you know, 5, 10, 15 years building a business up and then you exit and then you end up in the same sort of boat like an athlete who's at the end of their career, like, what do we do now? Right. (laughs) We did the thing and now now we have to figure out what we do with the rest of our life. Yeah. And it's a lot to do with identity, right? We've got our identity as an athlete, an identity as a business owner, whatever that identity is, we get stuck into that and we believe that's all that we've got to look forward to for the rest of our lives when really there are other identities that we can plug into and we can just shed these things and just step into a bigger purpose than just what's in front of us right now. Yeah, I know one of the things that I've always focused on is the idea that everything in life has a season, right? And, you know, the seasons change and that's okay. It's okay to step into the next season and see what that brings you, whether it's relationships or goals or things that you're working on. And, you know, sometimes those transitions can be difficult, but if you are, if you were just aware that everything is seasonal, that it helps, at least it helps me with those transitions. Right. Absolutely. I'm in the midst of one myself, which is interesting. (laughs) Yeah. My wife and I are working on this year. We've been traveling in an RV for seven years and we're working on buying a sailboat (laughs) and transitioning to traveling that way. And it's going to be huge, a huge change. I mean, everything from all of our routines with our kids to all of our routines with our business. So it's going to be a, a big shift. And so, you know, we've been doing a lot of prepping for that, just knowing that the transition is going to be coming. Yeah, fun times so, ahead then. Yeah. So what I want to dive into then is your origin story. One of the things we talk about this on this show all the time is that every good comic book hero has an origin story. It's the thing that made them into the hero they are today. And we want to hear that story. Were you born a hero or were you bit by a radioactive spider that made you want to get into business and become a coach? Or did you start in a job and eventually become an entrepreneur? Basically, we want to know where did you come from? Yeah, definitely not born a hero. I was born in England. Actually, I was born in Germany, but lived in England. So I was born in Germany, moved to England when I was very small. Mum and dad grew up in that council house tenancy of England, which is basically a project would be the similar thing over here in America. So grew up with very little and kind of felt like I struggled through that life and just fell into things and was just constantly building an idea of who I was and where I was going. Fell into sales quite early and became fairly good at selling stuff that kind of fit my personality. And then I spent some time in the Navy and came to America with the Navy. And I said back then that one day I'm going to live in America. I'm going to move here one day. And sure enough, an opportunity came along my way and I jumped at it and moved over here. But even still then, kind of lost, didn't know where I was going, confused, directionless, just kind of selling to get by. And then I found this idea of youth coaching, coaching kids soccer, and it lit me up. So didn't get bit by a radioactive spider, but certainly got bit by the bug of coaching kids and the joy that brings. And that was the starting point of something new for me because it was something that I love to do. I grew up playing sports, so I would, I loved to be around it, but I didn't know that I loved coaching it. So that was how I got to where I am today, effectively. Awesome. So, and was it always soccer that where you were coaching or did you coach in different sports? No, it was always soccer. You've got to know your limitations when you're into these things. I love sports, but I don't know a great deal about basketball and 
football and <laughs> the rest of the sports in America. But I do love the game of soccer and I've been around it all of my life. I never played at a level, but I've always played. And so I got it. And what was more important when I stepped into coaching youth soccer is my focus on the kids as holistically. It wasn't just about skills and drills. It was about their well-being, um, social, emotional, character education, that type of stuff. So as I stepped into coaching club soccer out here in America, I found this desire to want to connect with kids and help them become their best version of themselves. So that's when I started a nonprofit, which was Pure Game. And I've been running that for the last 17 years. And it's all about just the joy of the game, positivity, encouragement, really using my strengths to build into these young kids. Yeah, absolutely. So it was finding something that you were passionate about that really helped drive your career. So what I want to talk about then is over the course of that career, the superpowers that you developed, right? So every iconic hero has superpowers, whether that's a fancy flying suit made by their genius intellect or, you know, <laughs> super strength. In the real world, heroes have what I call a zone of genius, which is either a skill or a set of skills mm -hmm. that they were born with or they developed over the course of their career. And the way I like to frame it for my guests is if you look at everything, all the skills you developed over your career, there's probably a common thread that ties all of those skills together. And that common thread is probably where you find your superpower. So what do you think your superpower is in this coaching world and helping people deal with the transition in their life? Yeah, it's, I put a lot of thought to this actually over the course of time because I moved from coaching kids youth soccer to coaching adults in life transitions and all of that good stuff. And one of the things that I'm really good at is connecting with people. And I mean that by when I sit and talk to them, I've got this ability to put them at ease early on in a conversation so they feel relaxed and able to communicate. And within that, there's the encouragement and positivity and seeing the best in people. So seeing a superhero in other people, but the superpower is definitely putting people at ease and making them feel relaxed in themselves. Yeah, that's really good. So making people feel at ease and relaxed in themselves. And it's an interesting superpower. I've never had anyone say that on this show before. And so I'm curious, just from your standpoint, how do you think you developed that superpower? And what do you think that actually does for people? Like, how does that impact their outcomes? Mm, that's a good question. I think it was just developed with, throughout my years, I've always struggled. I've always had to work hard to get to where I'm at. It's always been this grind and overcoming situations and you can't really do that on your own you've got to do that with people and so I think it was just developed in the arena of connecting with people and having them when you connect with someone they're typically on guard because they don't trust you right and so they typically want to know well what do you want from me but if you can go into a conversation and meeting someone with the ability to put them at ease and say hey I'm not after anything I'm just here to connect, want to talk, which then leads me into what does it do for them? What it does for them is it helps them understand that they can look at themselves rather than holding a wall up against me, if that makes sense. Yeah. They don't have to be on guard. It's, say that again, sorry. It allows them to take their mask off and just be yes. themselves. There you go. That's exactly it. You phrased that better than I could ever. <laughs> 
So it's a form of, of empathy then where you can just step aside and be like, hey, this space is for you, right? And you can help them move, you know, work through whatever it is they're working through. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's the superpower, but the gifts that go with that is curiosity, listening, being present in that space and just being with them. Yeah. Yeah. I always call that being ignorant and curious, right? <laughs> Even if you know everything there is to know, when you sit down with someone, you can be ignorant and curious. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for sure you can. And show up for them. And it's how you give a good interview, right? You know, if you show mm-hmm. up and do like these things. It's like, even if you know a lot about coaching, you can be ignorant about coaching for 20 minutes while you listen to someone and understand who they are and what they're doing. And it sounds like that's what you're doing. It's just like, hey, you know, I know a lot about soccer and I know about life transitions. I've done this a lot before, but you can just be ignorant. Let them tell their story. Let them be who they are. Because a lot of times they already know the answers. They just need to uh, work through it. Yeah, absolutely. It's about emptying your cup, right? If I come into this meeting with a full cup, then... I've got no space for curiosity, but if I actually can empty a cup first and then sit there and say, that's interesting. Tell me more. Yeah, absolutely. So I want to talk about the flip side then, right? Every superpower has the flip side, the fatal flaw. And so, you know, every Superman has his kryptonite. Wonder Woman can't remove her bracelets of victory without going mad. And you probably have a flaw that's held you back in your business. For me, it was a couple of things. I struggled with perfectionism, right? Kept me from shipping product. And I also struggled with a lack of self-care, which basically amounted to not having a good relationship with my time and my boundaries with my clients and stuff like that. But I think more important than what the flaw is, how have you worked to overcome it so that you can continue to grow your business and continue to help your people succeed? Yeah, mine is from my childhood, just growing up. I wouldn't say with poverty, but in that world of, of lack was my lack of self-worth. I never really believed in myself. I never believed I was good enough. I never believed I was worthy to be here present in front of you talking. And so that was that's always held me back. I put that very big glass ceiling over my head that stopped me from stepping into my biggest potential. And how I've overcome that is a lot of reading, a lot of studying of content out there about self-worth and just the self, right, and that kind of stuff. So learning, being open to learning, being open to the fact that, hey, I'm here, I am good enough, I've got my gift, and I don't have to compare that with you or with anyone else around me. I'm good in my lane, and that's what's helped me kind of overcome that. That's one of those things everyone struggles with a little bit is that self-worth or that imposter syndrome. And there's, you know, the problem we have is, we have access to everybody on the planet right now. And there's always a bigger fish, right? You know, there's always the Elon Musk of every industry, right? Whatever it is. And you're like, I'm not that good, right? And so we tend to want to compare ourselves with other people. And there's probably some evolutionary reason for that. That's, you know, there's some value to it. But what we need to couch that with is the idea that like, no matter what it is that you do, there is someone who is suffering from a problem right now that you and your delivery and your history and your story and your perspective will help them solve, right? And if you don't actually, you know, buy into that value, buy into your own value, you won't be able to help them, right? right? And that's a, it's both simultaneously a sobering thought and a freeing thought to realize like, no, I have to get out and put my message and my value into the world. Yeah. And there's, I talk a lot about this. I am being two of the most powerful words that we can use because whatever follows 
typically becomes a truth statement. But you can't just change something. So you can't just say, you know, I am not worthy to, oh, I am worthy, because our brain understands the difference between the two and will fight you against it just because of past experiences. But starting a sentence with I am becoming allows you to grow into something that you want to be. I mean, it's a journey. And that's what I've been focused on for the last eight to 10 years is I am becoming. Um, and it's always a growth in that, which is which is healthy. Yeah, my martial arts instructor, he always talks about, you know, practice, you know, you hear the phrase practice makes perfect. And he's like, nope, practice makes permanent. And so that it just strikes me in the same kind of way that you're like, hey, I am becoming a martial artist, I am becoming a sailor, I am becoming a better coach, right? And it, mm -hmm. it allows you to practice the idea that you're in a constant state of improvement, right? Because yeah. that's what practice does, it makes permanent. Yeah. And so when you say something with finality, like I am a martial artist, then you're done. There's no growth there. And so I really like that phrasing of I am becoming as a way to build an identity. Yeah, it's very healthy for young people <laughs> to understand. Yeah, yeah. And it's interesting because like you hear a lot in the coaching space about learning how to build an identity, right? Because everything flows from your identity. It flows from what you've decided you are, mm -hmm. right? And, and I really like the idea of building progress and journey into your identity. Yes. Um, just with the language you use. Yeah. Language cool. is really important. Very important with how you say things. Yeah. Sure. yeah. So then I want to talk about your common enemy, right? Every superhero has an arch nemesis, right? It's a thing that they constantly have to fight against in their world. In the world of business, it takes on many forms. But generally speaking, we're putting in the context of your clients. And it's a mindset or a flaw that they have that you're constantly have to fight to overcome. Right. So that you can actually get them the results they came to you for in the first place. So, you know, perhaps we're talking, you know, you just started working in the business world. So maybe this is your adult athletes who are transitioning into their professional lives afterwards. Right. What's a mindset or a flaw that you constantly have to fight against in that space to actually help them achieve that transition? Yeah, it's that's an easy one. It's a fixed mindset. It's this idea that this is who I am. I'm in this lane. I'm in this thing. And I can't do that. Oh, yeah, but you don't know my story and I can't do that. And they're very fixed in their thinking that they can't change, they can't move. My story has made me who I am. I'm an athlete, for instance. And so the fixed mindset holds people back. Um, and we all have a fixed mindset to a degree, but really understanding where your fixed mindset turns up is very important if you want to move into a journey of growth and development, because fixed mindsets don't work in growth and development. They say, this is as good as it gets. I'm stuck here. That's that whole thing we just talked about, right? Is when you say I am an athlete, it's finished, right? It's done. Mm -hmm. Like you can't yeah. do anything about that. So if you can add that becoming a portion, right? The journey portion, you can shift what you want to do. Yeah. And I know it's like, I've seen that come up in my own life, right? You know, we've, I told you before, we've been traveling for seven years. Right. And it's like, so part of that identity, part of my story currently, when I go out and I, you know, speak on stages or I talk with people is, you know, I am a full-time traveler. That's part of who I am. Right. I'm a dad. I am a husband. And I know that some of those things are seasonal, right. As eventually my wife and I will settle down. Eventually our kids will move out. And so, you know, I won't be a full-time parent anymore and I won't be a full-time traveler anymore. And I, mm -hmm. I, I already see in my head that thinking that like, Hey, when I get to those stages, I'll have to start changing the language I use to describe myself. And I feel that uncomfortableness already, right? And I'm, even if it's like 15 years in the future, yeah, right? Yeah. And it's just an awareness of how important your language is and how important that story is you tell yourself, yeah. right? The story you tell about yourself. 
Yeah. Um, and, it, and it also comes down to that cup model, right? If you believe your cup is full, then there is no learning anymore. And if you go into a situation believing you know everything about that situation, your cup is full. So you've got to empty that cup to be curious and to learn more. And so a full cup or a growth mind or a fixed mindset are the same kind of idea. They're just stuck and that's it. And there's nothing to yeah. do beyond that. And we've got to either empty the cup or go, oh, there is a potential. I'm not good at that yet. Changes things into a growth mindset. Yeah. One of my favorite metaphors for that is the fruit on the vine. Right? You never want to be ripe because if you're ripe, the only way to go is rotten. But if you're ripening, right, then you still yeah. have more to go. I like that. I like that idea. I like that. There's a good book out there on all of this. It's Life is in the Transitions. I can't remember the author, oh, yeah. but Life is in I... the Transitions is a good book about all of that idea and that concept. We'll see if we can find a link to that and put it in the resources for the episode. But yeah, yeah. Life is in the Transitions. That's true. That you don't even need to know anything else. Just That's where everything happens. It's true. Right. Yeah. So if the common enemy is that fixed mindset, then the flip side, you know, just like the superpower and the fatal flaw, the flip side of the common enemy is the driving force. It's what you fight for, right? So, you know, just like Spider-Man fights to save New York or Batman fights to save Gotham or Google fights to index and categorize all the world's information, I want to find out what it is that you're fighting for in your business. Maybe as you are moving into this transition and the new people you're working with, what is your new mission? Mm, great question. And I believe it's the power of curiosity, passion, and purpose. I think if people were more curious, it would create more passion in the world. And then more people would be living their life on purpose. And so I think that's a really important starting point is what are you curious about? What do you want to learn more about? What intrigues you? Because if you can find that thing, then you can step into it and suddenly it's developing a passion. And the passion then wants you to learn more about it and it wants you to master it. And so you're then learning and creating passion and mastery of the same thing, which I then think will really lead people to stepping into this world with a purpose. And so I heard the other day a statement called the most transformative purpose. And I love the idea that there is a purpose out there, which is your most transformative purpose, because that's all about change, transition, learning, growth, and it's a journey. Yeah, I like that. And I know one of the things that I've always preached to my children and occasionally to my clients when they ask is this idea that passion is not a thing that you discover. It's a thing that you develop, right? And so my phraseology for that is mastery begets passion. And I think for whatever reason, there's a lot of people on the world that are out searching for a passion. I don't know what I'm passionate about. I don't know what I'm passionate about. And what I've always told people is like, if you want, like you develop passion through mastery. And so pick something. I love your thought. And it's something that I should probably start incorporating is the idea that curiosity is the beginning of mastery and mastery yeah. is where passion comes from. So start with your curiosity. What do you want to learn about? What do you want to develop skills in? and start mm -hmm. developing those skills and you'll find the things that like things that you actually are willing to develop skills in that you build mastery for will create passion right and the more yeah. you master it the more you become passionate about it i like that whole thought process yeah and it's not that hard to do when you think about it you know when you think about curiosity you could start creating a curiosity list and just start writing things down that you're curious about what is it about? I did this myself and I found that 
human behavior, thought process, decision-making, psychology, all of these things were in my curiosity list. You know, why did you start traveling in the first place? What drove you to do that? And then, so I'm curious about all of those decisions and behaviors. And then when you get the list and you kind of put them into categories and then put them over each other, those categories, there's overlaps. And if you can play and look to find mastery in those overlaps, then suddenly you, you find a passion. Um, and that's, yeah. that's then really, that fires you up then because you do want to make. Yeah. So what's interesting there is I've got a lot of experience in that whole exploring the curiosity side. And what I want to give people is permission to be curious about things that you will find out after you play with them that you don't actually care. Right. Yeah. And that's okay. It's part of that process. And so like, just as an example for you, since we started traveling, I've gotten into a lot of things, everything from plumbing work to electrical work to I learned to do fiberglass repair. I taught myself piano. I went through drawing courses, learned to do drawing. I learned to do calligraphy. And, you know, my son and I are learning to windsurf right now, martial arts, we're learning martial arts. And so like, I've always got at least one, if not two or three things that are outside of work that I'm just constantly exploring curiosities. And I found things that I, you know, I did a cabinet making, right? I redid all the cabinets in our house and built a desk and built a bunk bed and built a table and built some other things. And you find out over the course of doing these things that like, okay, I will do cabinet making if I need to, but it's not something I'm ever going to become passionate about, right? Same thing with calligraphy. Right. I really enjoyed like learning the process of calligraphy and getting through it. I bought all the cool tools and learned how to do it and spent three or four months playing with it. And I was like, yeah, this is just not for me. But then some of the other things like martial arts has really stuck, right? And mm -hmm. the same thing with like windsurfing is really stuck and learning the piano has stuck. But like drawing did not. I went through, I got, you know, went through a couple of drawing courses and got really good at a couple of different styles of it. And I was just like, I just don't enjoy this process. Right. And it's, you know, yeah. but you can explore a curiosity and find out, okay, that's not for me. And even get to the point where you're good at it. Right. And still not like it. And that's okay. And that's why you keep that open to just keep exploring your curiosities and seeing things. And then the other part of that is if you keep that, do it, keep doing that, you end up with this whole book of skills. <laughs> like, yeah. Maybe you can do things there, right? Like I can draw if I need to draw. If my daughters want to sit down and draw, I can like, I know enough about it to do it with them and to do it well, right? Even though it's not my thing, it's not where my passion is. So that's, mm -hmm. I want to give people permission to explore without having to find your passion every time. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I did the drawing thing as well. You got further down the road than I did. I took a couple of drawing classes. And as I was working through the drawing class, I was like, nope, this one isn't for me. <laughs> not for me yeah and it's funny because like, you'll get to different places with things right so like the cabinet making i went you know the woodworking stuff i got pretty far right like i made like 30 different cabinets i made a table i made benches with drawers on them i did drawer boxes i made a whole custom desk i made a like a custom cutting board and i did all this stuff and like and i was like i was enjoying it and then like after i was done with all those things i was like yeah that's not for me that was it like maybe occasionally in the future like i have the skills now but it's just not something that i'm going to spend much time doing Right. But then the sad thing is how many people get to that point and then look back at it and go, well, that was a waste of time because I'm not doing anything with it now. And that's the saddest part about the curiosity piece is they people feel that if I go into it and don't make it my passion, then I've just wasted my time. And that's not true. It's not that you've wasted your time. You've learned a skill that wasn't your passion. Brilliant. Now let's look at something else that could be a passion, right? Don't look at it as that was a waste of time. Think of it as that was time well invested that taught me something. 
Yeah. And one of the things that I've always looked at, and maybe this is helpful for our listeners, because this is of any of the interviews we've done, this is probably one of the more important discussions is learning how to explore your own curiosities and be okay with the outcomes of them, right? Mm -hmm. It's a huge part of just the human experience in general. And the path to success in anything starts with this curiosity piece. And so I want mm -hmm. people to understand that like, it's not a waste of time. Because even if you know, you get as far as I did with say woodworking, right? It's a you have trained the brain pathways for learning, right? Mm -hmm. And the more you do that, the more you train those brain pathways for learning, the easier it is for you to pick up skills, the shorter the path to mastery becomes on any other thing that you do, right? Mm -hmm. And because it's the same learning pathways every single time. So, you know, you heard me mention five or six different things, or maybe, you know, at this point, it's probably like 10 or 15 different skills that we, you know, that I've gotten fairly good at over the last, you know, half a decade or more. And each time you do that, the time to mastery becomes shorter because you are training a really important skill. And it's that meta skill of learning how to learn. And that's a really useful skill. So no matter what it is that you're exploring the passion, if you go through that process, it's never a waste of time, right? It's always worthwhile. Yeah, 100%. I'm doing something really silly right now, but I think that it's, I'm curious about it. I'm teaching myself to write with my left hand and it's the most awkward thing in the world. And it looks like a spider's crawled across my page, but I'm working on it because of the brain pathways that I'm hoping that it will create. I have no idea where it's going, but I'm curious about the journey that I'm currently on. I don't know. I have I, almost exactly the same thing. I told you I was learning piano, right? Yeah. And so my biggest problem with the piano is I can't get my left hand and my right hand to work together. And in order to play the piano, they have to work together. And so the skill that I picked up to get my left hand to work together is I started to learn to juggle. And I went to a yeah. juggling class, and I hired a juggling coach, and I learned to juggle, and I can juggle now, right? And I practice, you know, a couple times a week juggling. And what's interesting about that is it has had a direct impact on my ability to play with my left hand on the piano. Yeah. And so it's, you're just, you know, finding new and interesting ways to build those brain pathways and to learn things. So yeah, I get that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. By the way, here's an interesting fact. Juggling also helps with the speed in which you read. I took a speed reading class because I wanted to increase my reading speed. And again, because I want to read more. And juggling, because it gets you to focus on that non-space in between the juggling balls in your hands, right? Because you're watching mm -hmm. the, the non-space. Yeah, it increases your um, um, ability to read faster. That's fascinating. I didn't know that. I was just trying to get my left hand to be as coordinated as my <laughs> right hand. And it, that's, it has been the most practical, like, for whatever reason, practicing it on the piano doesn't seem to help. But practicing it with the juggling mm -hmm. does help. And then it shows up in the piano. Yeah. And so that's interesting. I did something similar with the learning to write with your left hand. I, have you ever heard of the Dvorak keyboard? So like we use the, we use the QWERTY keyboard, the key W-E-R-T-Y, mm -hmm. and the Dvorak is D-O-R-I-K, where the keys are all arranged differently, and they are arranged where the most used letters are on the home row instead oh. of the way they're arranged on the keyboard now. And so I went through a whole phase where I was trying to learn the Dvorak keyboard, not because I knew I could change the keyboards on all the devices that I use, although nowadays with software keyboards you can, but just because I wanted the, that process of like retraining your brain to learn something. And yeah, I, I imagine that's a similar reason why you are trying to learn left-handed writing. Not that you're ever expecting your left hand to be as good as your right hand, but just training that brain pathway. It is exactly that. 
and I'm curious about where it goes and what it helps me with. And so we'll see. It's an interesting pathway. That's fascinating. Um, So that's a really cool discussion. But I want to talk more practical, right? We talk on this show about your, your hero's tool belt. And just like every superhero has their awesome gadgets like batarangs or web slingers or, you know, laser eyes. I want to talk about the top one or two tools that you use every day that you couldn't live without in your business. Could be anything from your notepad to your calendar to something you use for your marketing tools or something you use for your product delivery with your actual clients. Anything you think is essential to getting your job done on a daily basis. That's a very good question. I would say the first one, the thing that I use a lot is the I am becoming work I do that all of the time because I want to know I want the growth so I try and remind myself that is a tool for me to grow mindfulness meditation journaling that my time in the morning is sacred time so that is a tool that I've developed that I could not do without I think nowadays so a more recent carry on I said let's talk a little bit more about the I am becoming then and so Let's talk about how you actually use that practically in your life. What do you actually do with that? Is that like part of your morning affirmations? Is it part of your meditations? Do you put them up on like your screen notepads? Like how do you actually input that I am becoming statements into your daily life? Yeah. So yes, I do it in my morning routine and I look at the journey that I am on. A good example of this is reading. I never considered myself a reader, and so I would never read. I would always kind of pick up a book and dabble with it, and it took me ages to read a book. And so I put this I am becoming in place, and then I gave myself a score sheet from one to five, one being that I either didn't read or maybe read a couple of words. Two was I read an entire paragraph. Three was I read an entire page. Four was I read a couple of pages and five was I read a whole chapter. And so I would then score myself daily on this progress of my reading. And every day I would put one or two, three or four. And then over the course of time, I was then marking myself as four or five. So it was this growth journey that I could see happening in front of me of my reading capacity and this I am becoming became a journey of ones, twos, threes, fives on a constant daily basis that allowed me to then be proud of the progress I was making. And so I could just track what I was doing. That was one of the ones that I've got. Meditation, journaling, when I started that, I am becoming someone who meditates I would grade myself on whether I meditated in the morning, in the evening, whatever it was. And so you're sort of combining the I am becoming statements with journaling to just sort of keep track of how you are becoming. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And then once you start regularly scoring fives, then you can kind of put that process to one side. You don't need to, because then it just becomes laborious because I now read every single day. So... I am a reader, but I'm continually growing in my reading capacity. And then I'll find something else. To I'm becoming a left-handed writer. So did I write a sentence, a word, a sentence, a paragraph? Right? It's that type of, it's that type of growth that helps me see progress and helps me see the journey unfolding in front of me. Yeah, that's really fascinating. So we I do something sort of similar. And it's not, it's more on the, I guess, the affirmation and just top of mind sort of thing. And so like at the current moment, I told you my wife and I are working on buying a sailing boat. And so I have, I have a little, you know, the little photo, what do you call it? The photo widget on my phone. 
that's taking up the top like mm -hmm. half of our my screen on my phone and like all of my apps are below that and it's just a photo of the dream sailboat that my wife and I are looking at and it says I enjoy traveling the world in our you know whatever the name of the boat is and it's just at the top of my phone so every time I have to check a notification or I have to open an app or look at it it's just there on the front right and it's on the thing mm -hmm. so I'm reading that every single time four or five times a day I'm just reading that affirmation I mean it's also on my desktop on my computer and it's on the background of my watch. When every time I look at my watch, I see it. And yeah. I did some sort of damage to my big toe on my left foot. So it's got a big old bruise on it. And, you know, the bruises stay under your toenail for like a year. So I've had my wife been <laughs> painting a little sailboat on my toe to cover up the bruise. <laughs> and so I've got a little painted sailboat on the toe. And it's just, you know, so even when I'm in the shower and I look down and wash my feet, I'm like, oh, look, there it is. That's the thing I'm working towards right now. And it's the same kind of process yeah. where you're just constantly working on that. Hey, this is the thing that I'm working towards right now. It's the current journey. And it opens up the mind. I think anything like that opens up the mind to be more of a growth mindset other than that fixed and giving up type mindset that we get. Yeah, absolutely. Speaking of heroic tools, I want to take a few minutes to tell you about a tool we built that powers the Hero Show and is now this show's primary sponsor. Hey there, fellow podcaster. Having a weekly audio and video show on all the major online networks that builds your brand, creates fame, and drives sales for your business doesn't have to be hard. I know it feels that way because you've tried managing your show internally and realize how resource intensive it can be. You felt the pain of pouring eight to 10 hours of work into just getting one hour of content published and promoted all over the place. You see the drain on your resources, but you do it anyways because you know how powerful it is. Heck, you've probably even tried some of those automated solutions and ended up with stuff that makes your brand look cheesy and cheap. That's not helping grow your business. Don't give up though. The struggle ends now. Introducing Push Button Podcasts, a done-for-you service that will help you get your show out every single week without you lifting a finger after you've pushed that stop record button. We handle everything else, uploading, editing, transcribing, writing, research, graphics, publication, and promotion, all done by real humans who know, understand, and care about your brand almost as much as you do. Empowered by our own proprietary technology, our team will let you get back to doing what you love while we handle the rest. Check us out at pushbuttonpodcast.com forward slash hero for 10% off the lifetime of your service with us and see the power of having an audio and video podcast growing and driving micro celebrity status and business in your niche without you having to lift more than a finger to push that stop record button. Again, that's pushbuttonpodcast.com forward slash hero. See you there. And now back to the hero show. So I want to shift gears again and talk a little about your own personal heroes, right? So every hero has their mentors, just like Frodo had Gandalf or Luke had Obi-Wan Kenobi or Robert Kiyosaki had his rich dad or even Spider-Man had his uncle Ben. I want to talk about who were some of your heroes. Were they real life mentors? Were they speakers, authors, maybe peers who were a couple of years ahead of you? And how important were they to what you have accomplished so far? Yes. So two spring to mind. There's a gentleman called Russ. His name is, I've always just known him as Coach Russ. And I've looked up to him because of his pathway. He was a big mentor and helped me launch the nonprofit to where it is today, 15 years in the making. He was a big part of that early on. He's now retired. I reached out to him just this week, actually, or just last week, and I'm going to go and meet him again. I haven't seen him for a couple of years. So Russ Williams is a big part of that. And another one is I'm actually, I'm in this transition, as I've alluded to, I'm stepping away from the nonprofit day job stuff that I've been doing. I'm still going to be doing coaching for personal best coaching, but I'm also stepping into an organization called Driven Leadership. And it's run by a gentleman called Eric McGrath. And he's been a massive part of my personal growth and development. And someone that I've, he started a business, he's grown it, he's made things happen. 
And so looking up to him as well is someone that's important as a mentor and someone in my life that's really important. Awesome. Yeah. I always like that question because people always have different answers for like, who are the people that you look up to? And one of the things that always struck me about that question, and maybe you resonate this with this, is a lot of times the people that you look up to and think that person's a hero in my life wouldn't even know that you look up to them as a hero. Mm-hmm. And so the way that's always struck me is like, there's probably people in my life who look up to me as a hero. And I've always, the thing that always puts in my head is, am I worthy of that? Am I acting in a way that's worthy of that? And so it's always just a cool reminder to myself, essentially, to just continue to act and live in a way that's worthy of other people looking up at me as a hero. Yeah, it's very important to be aware of that, I think, because we're all on a journey and you only have to be one step ahead of someone else for them to be looking up at you, to be saying, I want to be that person. I want to move that direction. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So then I want to talk about your guiding principles, right? One of the things that makes heroes heroic is that they live by a code. For instance, Batman never kills his enemies. He only ever puts them in Arkham Asylum. So as we wrap up the interview, let's talk about the top one or two, maybe two principles that you live your life by, you run your business by, and you know maybe something that you wish you had known when you started out on your own hero's journey you know, 17 years ago. Guiding principle number one is curious. Be curious. Just, I don't know anything. Ask questions. Be open yeah, going to situations not knowing, I think, is an important part of what's going on. Because as much as a coach coaches people in what they're doing, we don't know their story and why they're there. So mm-hmm. if we go into any situation with preconceived ideas or prejudices or anything like that, it can put us in a tough situation. So be curious, be open, find out their story, find out who they are. I think that's the number one guiding principle. And I wish I'd have known that years ago because I went into it thinking that I knew everything. And here we go. (laughs) And it didn't turn out too well early on. Yeah, curiosity is one of those like superpower principles that if you really understand what it means to be curious, you open yourself up to a world of so many things. Like it makes, you know, every business you're in, you have to do sales of some sort. Curiosity is the foundation of good sales. Right. And if you want to pick up skills, curiosity is the foundation of picking up skills. If you want to travel, curiosity is the foundation of good travel, like good traveling experiences. Like it doesn't matter what it is you're doing. Curiosity is the start of that. And it is probably if I had to list it up there with like some of the humans greatest abilities is our ability to be curious. Right. It's like right up there with our ability to have storytelling and to use language. Right. It's like curiosity is what makes us not animals. Yes. Right. It's one of those superpowers. So I couldn't agree more. <laughs> Thank you. And but it's I will say it's a recent finding. It's a recent discovery. I was never really able to put words on into it, into that until recently. And for whatever reason, <laughs> I got curious about curiosity. <laughs> and so I've read six or seven books on the whole idea of curiosity in the last couple of months. And that's when I'm like, that's it that's where I've been. That's where I've been wanting to go. So I cemented that in really within the last couple of months. I have a newsletter I'm working on called Permission to Play. And as Permission to Play is, the idea is that if you want to succeed in any realm, you have to give yourself permission to play. And Permission to Play is really just another way of saying be curious, right? be young, be youthful, be interested in the small things, right? You know, that whole childhood mentality of being willing to play. That's how you succeed at anything. So for sure. Yeah, I love that. Awesome. So 
I think that's a good place to wrap our interview. But I do finish every interview with a simple challenge I call the Heroes Challenge. And I do this to help get access to people who might not be out doing the podcast rounds and telling their stories. So we can sometimes find some really interesting stories this way. And the question is simple. Do you have someone in your life or in your network who you think has a cool entrepreneurial story? Who are they? First names are fine. And why do you think they should come share their story with us here on The Hero Show? First person that comes to mind for you. There's a gentleman called Clint Davis. He's started his own school and so many challenges in starting a private school in how he wanted to sign it, start it up. I think he would be a fantastic person. He's got an amazing story from where he came from to where he is to now. And the other one would be Eric McGrath. Both of those two fascinating people have created something incredible and would definitely be worth being a part of this. Awesome. Well, I'll see if we can reach out afterwards and maybe get an introduction. Sometimes they say yes, sometimes they don't. But when they do, we get some cool stories to add to our library here. So in comic books, there's always the crowd of people who stay at the end and, you know, cheer and clap for the acts of heroism. heroism. So our analogous to that here on this show is as we close, we want to know where can people find you? Where, you know, if they need their help in the future, where can they light up the bat signal, so to speak, and say, hey, Tony, I'm going through a transition right now. How can you help me? Right. And so I think more important than where, though, is who are the right types of people to raise their hand and ask for your help? Yeah. So where is uh, uh, mpbcoaching.com? It's the website. You can find me on LinkedIn, Tony Everett. The right type of people are the people who are lost and confused. Part of my coaching journey is I'm actually serving myself as a teenager, as a 20 something who was genuinely lost and confused in life had no idea where I was going and what I was doing and so those people who have know there's something deeper there they know that there's a purpose but they can't find it they don't know where to look they're the people I want to talk to I love helping people tap into that curiosity mindset developing mastery passion purpose awesome so thank you so much for coming on today Tony really appreciate getting a chance to hear your story and hear your way you think through curiosity in life and just, you know, navigating the seasonality that, that, you know, is present for everyone. So appreciate that. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Do you have any final words of wisdom for our audience before we hit the stop record button today? No, just stay curious. Kids, watch kids. They're so curious. I love watching kids and seeing what they do. Watch kids, stay curious. I love it. Thank you so much, Tony. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of The Hero Show, where we work to shift the cultural narrative around entrepreneurship and celebrate the heropreneurs who make our world a better place. Don't forget to visit our website at theheroshow.tv, where you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, or via RSS, so you'll never miss an episode. If you found value in our show, we truly appreciate a rating on iTunes, or better yet, Share it with a friend to help us spread the message of entrepreneurship as a force for good. Curious to learn more about the stories and insights of these incredible heropreneurs? Check out our in-depth interviews and resources on our website. Together, let's support and inspire the next generation of entrepreneurs as they embark on their own heroic journeys. Join us again next week for another episode of The Hero Show where we'll continue to explore the world of heropreneurs, their superpowers, and the positive impact they bring to our lives. Until then, stay heroic.